it encouraged me that I didn't need to come from money. I didn't need to have a background in finance. I just needed to be willing to learn and apply what I was being taught, the way I was being taught it, you know, a system that's already working, then I could be successful. And I just ran with it from there. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Now, all this month, I talked to certified side hustlers, women who found that fine balance between thriving in their career and their hustle. Some of them are still doing that dance and enjoying it and able to thrive as both a professional and in their own business. We also talked to people who worked for a number of years so much so that their company just didn't want them to leave and begged them to stay on. And on today's show, we will hear from a woman who actually got laid off as a result of her hustle. I know we do so much talking about how to side hustle and not get fired. So today I wanted to present the other side of the equation and share what could get you fired and how she navigated it. Her name is Tila Holcomb. She is a stocks and options trader, investor, and serial entrepreneur. In her own words, she's financially free and living a life she loves. But it wasn't always that way. Like many of us, Tila had to side hustle and was dependent on her 9 to 5 to pay the bills. And although she got paid very well, it just wasn't quite in her heart. So in 2009, she started learning about trading stocks. She learned a system of trading and investment that had the potential of replacing her paycheck, but didn't quite require her to be behind a computer eight hours a day. But then she lost her full-time job. And so she got focused on replacing that income. On today's episode, she will share how she traded her nine to five. Let's jump right into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Tila. Hey, thank you for having me. Yay, I'm happy to have you here and to dig into all things side hustling, trading, and how you've come to be. So I just read your bio, but for those who really don't know your story, can you share what was your background and your initial career path before you started trading stocks? All right. So my background was uh, military. So I am, you know, a prior military. And then I transitioned out of the military into working admin for uh, for the military and for the government. Um, And so from there, I was just uh, teaching or not teaching, but uh, doing admin for pilots who were learning how to fly airplanes. And then I also did admin for like aircraft. Uh, stuff. So it had nothing to do with what I currently do, uh, but the transition into it was was uh, pretty interesting. Let's talk about that transition. So what inspired you to start trading stocks? So I really was looking for something that did not take all of my time. And so I know a lot of your listeners 
can relate to, you know, working that nine to five and not having the energy left at the end of the day to pour into, yeah, to pour into a side hustle or your family. Um, And so I was at that point where I just, I wanted something else. Uh, The current uh, position that I was in and just being on those government contracts and they were consistently turning over, meaning uh, being turned over to a new company every time and you not really know, you know, what your job was going to, you know, be the next year or what the pay was going to be. And I just really felt like I wanted to do something differently. I didn't want to keep climbing and and building someone else's corporate ladder. uh, So I wanted to take things into my, my own hands. And I had the bright idea of like, starting a business. So my side hustle at first was, um, I'm going to start a government contracting business of my own. I can come into this space and really change how things are done and really take care of, you know, my people, the employees, my coworkers that I worked with. Like I had this whole vision of doing things better for the space that I was currently in at the time. And so I started it as a side hustle, trying to, you know, get things off the ground, learn the the ropes and yeah. get contracts. And what right. does that really mean? Like government, when you say government contracting now, were you pairing skills with government services and needs in different government offices? Uh, yeah. So basically the government will say they need, you know, admin work in certain, you know, areas or, you know, the Air Force may need admin work or stuff done at parks and recreational centers. And so they uh, write these proposals and get companies to bid on them for, um, various things. You could be providing supplies, you could be providing services, but you bid on the contract and say, I can do it for X amount of dollars with X amount of people. And so they will um, award it to a certain company. So that's what I was trying to pursue. And then how did that go? So you were still working at your regular nine to five and building out this company. Um, at first, it, I mean, it was it was going, you know, kind of slowly because I was trying to be careful between, you know, working my full time job and, you know, the it being on the side. So I didn't really have uh, a lot of time to commit to it. Just, you know, my evening hours, which is what most, you know, most side hustlers are you know, used to having to build on. And one day someone at my job found out that I had this side hustle, that I was trying to build this company. Most people uh, at that point when they started to find out, they were excited about it, my coworkers, because they knew, (laughs) they were like, they were wanting a change and they knew things could be done better. But someone in particular just didn't like that. And so they took it to corporate and corporate saw that, you know, I was knowledgeable in several areas and was able to fill in in different departments and um, knew quite a bit in the industry. And so they said they saw me as a competitor and it was a conflict of interest. And so they let me go. And Mm. I didn't know what I was going to do because this baby hadn't been born yet. It wasn't where I wanted it to be. It wasn't part of my escape plan. It wasn't on, you know, on track for me to be, you know, leaving. So my, my uh, transition was more like a, a shove. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now let's talk about this for a second, because, you know, a part of this whole month of episodes that are coming up are really focused on people who are able to successfully side hustle or just really highlighting the things you have to think about. So in hindsight, if you were to do anything differently, like what do you think you could have done to avoid the side hustle being a conflict with your job, if anything? I could have gone to, you know, my, my, my company at the time, my employer and talked to them about what I wanted to do and try to 
potentially partner with them or see if there was a way to um, to get something going, maybe even see if they would help me to kind of branch out on my own in some way. And like we partnered together. That was kind of my intentions is to hopefully end up working with them someday. But I think because they weren't aware, they didn't know what to what to do with that. And they probably felt like it was you know, a surprise to them and they, they, you know, they, they reacted to it and I, I feel like it was a proper way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense now. Okay. So at this point you've been laid off, fired, and you had a family at this point, right? You're married with children. Uh, yes. So what was the response when you were like, you tell your husband, Hey, I got fired today. <laughs> right. So, you know, ugly cry all the way home yeah. <laughs> and then have to tell him like, okay, I don't have a job anymore. Um, it was, it was hard. He, you know, that was a little stressful because we actually had just gotten married. We were married for like three months when this happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So to know that he just, you know, we, we just created this family together and now he's the only one making the money and we don't know what we're going to do next. Uh, it, it was, it was stressful, but three and four that happened, that's when I started getting into the whole stock market thing and trading and learning how all that worked. But my main focus was still on, you know, building that government contracting business and, and trying to get that going. So when I came home and had to tell my husband, I didn't have a job anymore. We sat down, we looked at our finances. We looked at where, you know, money was coming in, money was going out and what we could do to like cut back. What could we pay off? Because we did have a nice, um, you know, nice savings put away. And we decided to pay off everything that we could with what we had and that my focus would be to continue trying to build the, the contracting business because I had all day long now to, to work on it. It didn't just have to be a side hustle. So, you know, we figured that it would grow, um, or at least I did. I figured it would grow even faster uh, now that I had more time to put into it. Um, but even from there, my husband thought I should be focusing on the trading aspect of things. That's so interesting. So you were still gung-ho about the contracting business. When did that shift? That shifted a couple months after we had looked at our finances because we looked at the finances and he was like, I think you should pursue more of the, the trading thing because you've been making money with that. And I'm like, no, that's that's not where it's at. That's not where it's at. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, uh, about two or three more months went by and I'm still, you know, plugging away at like writing proposals and trying to get contracts and making, you know, connections and stuff. And, you know, a, a little piece would fall into place, but not enough to really uh, get anything going or to really replace my job. So I would go back to, you know, trading. And so during my downtime, I was trading and making money that way, but it still didn't dawn on me, like, this is what I should be doing, <laughs> you know? So um, quarterly, we look at our finances. So the next quarter we looked at them again and he was like, you really need to do the trading thing. Because at that point I was starting to make um, my paycheck from my previous job from trading. And so that's when it dawned on me that, okay, I've really got something here. And I had been able to take my retirement account from that last job mm -hmm. and more than triple it in like the eight months that I, eight months following being fired. And so that's when I knew like, okay, I've, I've got something here. You raise a really interesting point. And you know, that conversation between you and your husband is something that I have with other fellow side hustlers, there are times when 
what you are really curious and fascinated by just won't make you money. But there's that thing that you're good at that does. And for some people, they overlap. So, you know, you you obviously are very fascinated by stocks as well. And it happened and it also makes you money. But there's some times where people are like, but I want to stop doing this thing that makes me money. But girl, <laughs> like keep that funding source until you're able to fund the full-time business. It's the same right. thing with, you know, a previous guest on the show, Arsha Jones, where she, her baby is her mambo sauce business. However, she started a whole other t-shirt business that is a cash cow that funds and, and she pours that investment back into, you know, what, what her heart is really in, which is this mambo sauce business. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this trading thing. I want to know, first of all, you're going to talk to us like we are super simple and don't understand it. So what is trading? How did you learn to start doing it? So trading is, and a lot of people get trading and investing in stocks uh, kind of mixed up. So investing is when you buy and you hold for uh, what I say is years to decades. So you're going to be holding, you know, just buying and holding for a long time. But trading is when you buy now and you can, um, you can, some people buy and sell the same day and that's called day trading. Some people buy and sell like the um, next day, the next week, the next month, or in the next couple of months. And that's called a swing trading. And that's what I do. So I will buy stocks now and I'll, you know, sell them next week or next month. And that's how I'm able to create my income, um, in the meantime. So what got me hyped on the stock market or interested in it is again, I was, I knew working a nine to five just wasn't for me. And so one of my coworkers was talking about, he came in one day talking about the stock market and how he was going to retire early and RV the country and all that stuff. And I was just like, hold up this, tell me more about this stock market thing. So I knew it existed, but I didn't hear about anything about the stock market while I was growing up. I was never immersed in it. And so I just started asking him questions about, you know, like, well, how are you going to do that? And like, what are you reading? What are you, you know, how, how are you learning more about this? And so that's where it's, when he said he was going to retire and be able to do his own thing, I was hooked. I, I just wanted to know more about it. <laughs> so what resources and books did you use when you were first getting started? Like if you can name a couple. So when I first started, I, you know, went to, there's all sorts of like stock market seminars you can go to out there. So I went to a lot of those. Um, YouTube is your friend, uh, Investopedia. One of my favorite books that I got my hands on what is called The Complete Turtle Trader. Now in the beginning, and I know if anyone decides to pick it up, it's probably, some of it is going to go over your head and it went over my head as well. But what I love about this book and why I recommend it to, um, um, new people is it's about 20 people that um, these traders took off the street, right? They took 20, uh, not 20 traders, uh, but 20 people that didn't know anything about the stock market, took them off the street. And they were like, okay, we're going to teach you a process on how to trade, what to look for, what to buy, like what to do when this happens, like a whole system. And the people that applied that system as taught were successful. And so for me, that was encouraged. Like that's, that's what I took from the book. Everything else that I didn't understand, I didn't care anything about, but (laughs) it encouraged me that I didn't, I didn't need to come from money. I didn't need to have a background in finance. I just needed to be willing to learn and apply what I was being taught the way I was being taught it, you know, a system that's already working, then I could be successful. And I just ran with it from there. Do you remember that very first trade? Yes. Walk us through that. Yeah. 
<laughs> that very first trade. Okay, so for me, uh, I started with things that I know about. And I always tell people to start with stocks they know. And for me, it was, I love purses. I love a cute purse, okay? And so I was like, if I can make some money in stocks, I can buy another purse. Like, just I just need to figure this out, and I'm going to have all the purses I can stand. Okay? <laughs> you speaking my language. <laughs> So I was like, coach, let me look up coach. So I looked up coach stock. I saw they had stock and I was like, I'm just going to buy it. And so I bought. And which platform did you use at the time? Do you use now? At the time I used what was called options house and it doesn't exist anymore. I think E-Trade bought them out. And now I use Thinkorswim by TD Ameritrade, but I bought and I started losing money. I didn't know why. I didn't know what to do. And so I I was like, this isn't going to work for me. If I'm just going to lose money right away, this isn't going to work. So then I started um, researching, how can I learn without losing all my doggone money, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I found what's called a practice account. Like I can... It's a it's a platform where you're not using real money, but it's, a, you know, simulates the real stock market, the real numbers that are happening every day. And I was like, oh, that's that's what I need. I need to play this little game first and figure it out. And then once I you know have a hang of it, I can get out there with my real money. And so that's what really got me started. And how long did you do that before you came back into the game? I did that for eight months. And so that kind of turns a lot of people off. They're like, eight months? You mean I'm not going to be making any money? For me, I want people to remember that I wanted to replace my job, right? And so I wanted to make sure I was good at something before I just jumped out there with it. So eight months was me like, let me make sure I'm doing this right before I lose my hard-earned money. I can appreciate that. Like that whole get rich quick thing is, it's a popular desire for a lot of people. And it's like, actually, it takes a lot of time to really master something. Hey guys, it's Nikayla with a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You want to know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. Now let's talk about the shift. Now your husband's suggesting like, hey, you're really good at this. We should start looking at this full time. So what were your first thoughts in, okay, how can I make this into a business? What were your first steps? The trading itself was treated as a business. So I was like, okay, let me do more into this and how can I structure it to where it's replacing the job? You know, I need the retirement piece. I need the right now money piece, but you know, the biweekly paycheck that I was getting. Um, but the 
turning it into a business where I'm teaching other people didn't come for a couple of more years. Got it. Now let's talk about actually formulating things like trade your nine to five, which is your course. Talk to us about starting to package your knowledge and teach other people. So the <laughs> to start packaging my knowledge and, and getting it out there, um, at first, you know, I had people coming to me uh, to teach them like, oh, oh, tell me what you're doing. You're doing something different, obviously. So tell me, you know, can you teach me? Can you show me what you're doing? And so my first um, my first ever client, like you wrote me a check. I actually have it framed here in my office because uh, I couldn't believe I was getting paid to tell somebody all this stuff. But I went to his house for about four or five hours a day for about a week trying to teach him everything that I knew. And at the end of that week, I was so exhausted. And I was like, this is just, I'm not going to be able to, to change the world with this, the way I'm doing it. And so I hopped online and discovered the whole world of online courses mm-hmm. and the idea of like teaching it once on video and, you know, these worksheets and these different, you know, elements to an online course. And I'd be able to reach more people at a time without burning myself out. Like that really sold me. And uh, that's when I started developing it into an actual course. Now, as someone who has a course and started out with other courses, I know that just because you build it doesn't mean they will come. So how did you start marketing yourself, building out your personal brand and attracting more customers? So I was in the building phase and finding, you know, the uh, different business coaches and and different stuff that were out there. And I ran across one lady, um, Hallie Gray of Evolve and Succeed. And she was just pretty much like, like, whoa, what are you doing? Don't build that. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean don't build it? People want it. And she was like, you don't really know that people want it yet. She was like, put the idea out there. She, She taught me how to, what she called at the time, lean launch. So she was like, create a sales page and put it out there to see the interest. And if you can get people to put a deposit down to learn this from you, then you start building. She's like, but don't build out this massive course and spend all this time building something that you're not sure about. You haven't, you know, gotten the case studies and gotten the, the proof that people actually want it. Absolutely. So walk us through your lean launch. So my lean launch was, I just pretty much put up on on a website that this is, you know, this is what I know and this is what I've been able to accomplish. And this is what I'm going to teach you. Um, my first set of, it, it did really well, but I thought it was just a fluke because most of the people that signed up, I knew them. It was, <laughs> it was more word wait, of mouth. Wait they, a minute though. Yeah. But Taylor, like, okay. Is, you, you, they're doing it to be nice. <laughs> you just said you put up a website. Now, how do people find this website? Um, I don't know. I think at first, like I said, it was more because people knew me. And then from there, they kind of shared it out. So I, okay. I would say don't disregard word of mouth. It's still, you know, a very valuable piece because those people know you very well and they know you personally. And so they're going to speak more highly of you than just someone randomly finding you on a website. Exactly. But also you were sharing it, obviously, with your inner circle, like you shared it. Did you share it on your Facebook page, your Instagram page at this point? Yes, I did share it on social. Um, but still at the time, I was just I'm not going to say I was a nobody, but I wasn't that big. I didn't really have, you know, a lot of eyeballs looking at me at the time. And some people were still like, mm, it's the stock market. I don't know if I can really do this. And 
people lose a lot of money. The, you know, stock market is bad kind of thing. And so I struggled with that and how to get through that. And I was at a conference one time where I got to meet Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, do you know? I'm not sure. Yes. If you... Oh, yeah, okay. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gary so I got v. to meet Gary V. And I asked him that. I was like, you know, I'm struggling with how to get over that negative connotation the stock market has around it. People are scared of it. Um, and not seeing very many African-Americans, let alone African-American women in the space, like, how am I going to reach my people? Because that's who I want to reach. And he was saying, just use that negative to your advantage, you know, turn it around and make it something good. And so that's when I changed my messaging, instead of being about, you know, the technical and this is, you know, what you can do, I turned it around to more about me and what it was like for me getting over those hurdles of like, you know, the stock market isn't scary. And that's when it really gains traction. Now back to this lean launch now. So, you know, your cousins and your friends sign up for this program. What <laughs> happens as you go through this and you teach them did testimonials come out of that? How was that entire first round? Yeah, so I definitely got some testimonials out of it. Um, a lot of people were like, wow, I didn't think I'd be able to understand it. So I got a lot of written testimonials and a lot of screenshots. Like, those are your friend, trust me. Like, screenshot and ask for ask them, um, you know, what was their experience like before working with you? What is it afterwards? Um, and then I started getting people on camera with me to, you know, like, asking them, like, what was it like? So people can visually see themselves in the people that I was helping. And so that definitely helped with my launch after that. Like it, my launch just continued to grow after that. Once I got more and more feedback from people that were um, working with me and experiencing my course, that's when, you know, things went to the next level. That is awesome. So at this stage, you know, what is your current business model and, you know, how do you see it evolving? So my current business model is I have, you know, evergreen course. So it's open for enrollment all the time. I tried the open and close launching because, you know, there's so many ways to do things out there and you really have to try them on, see how they fit you, see if they fit your lifestyle and what you're trying to create. And for me, that open and close launch was just exhausting and it didn't fit into the lifestyle that I was wanting to create. I wanted the freedom. And so that open and close launch really took freedom away from me. So I transitioned to an evergreen launch, you know, where my course is open all the time and I'm just really infusing my, my personal brand into it. Like it's centered around the lifestyle I've been able to create. So it flows naturally now, you know, that, um, me just living and showing my day to day pretty much sells the course itself. So interesting. Now, when you say it's evergreen, so when do you promote it and, and get more traffic so that, you know, you're continually getting students? So uh, earlier this year, or kind of late last year, I started uh, reaching out to podcasts like yourself and just trying to get my message out, get my story out. And that has been the biggest help for me is like really just sharing my story on podcasts. Oh, that's really interesting. Also, now we talked a lot about what's gone right since, you know, you had to be propelled out on your own unexpectedly. But what are some of the blunders that you made along the way that, you know, looking back, you would probably change? 
Mm, looking back, I would change um, <laughs> trying to do too much at once. Uh, there was a point where I thought and I saw, you know, kind of the, the business model out there where you should have all these different products and you should have all these different courses and this ladder that leads up to, you know, your big thing. So you should have all these mini things that build up to your big thing. And so I immediately made, you know, Trader 9 to 5 when I saw that, um, you know, it had some traction. I built that out. Then I went to the next thing. Okay, let me. So I was trying to create something that was more affordable to everyone, trying to reach and talk to everyone. Uh, so I tried to splinter off like these different um, courses and products and stuff. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It wasn't, you know, those, those other things weren't like the best of quality. And it just, it didn't jive with the message that I was trying to teach. Like I built off the second course that was for, you know, like maybe people don't want to trade their nine to five. So let me kind of create a variation of it. And then people were confused. Like, so what's the difference between these two? And, and I just, it really left me like, thinking maybe teaching this isn't what I should do. Um, but I took a step back and I looked, you know, I had to remind myself that just because everyone else is doing something a certain way doesn't mean I have to do it that way as well. Let me go back to what is my end goal? What do I want my life to look like? And how does what I'm going to create fit into that? And so everything else didn't fit into that. And I, I decided to go with a what I call a, a Marie Forleo kind of thing. Like she is known for one thing, one thing. And that's well that I know. I'm in this B school. Right. And so I was like, I just want to be known for one thing. And that's trade your nine to five. That's what I want to be known for. And so now I always take that step back with anything. It's like, how does this fit into the trade your nine to five vision and the freedom I've created? Because when I tried to create all this other stuff, it was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think starting out too, we all hear that narrative of have multiple revenue streams and all this other stuff. But as I talk to more and more people, it's really not about the multiple. It's about doing one thing really great first. And then, yeah, you could add on and do that thing really, really, really great but never try to do all of them at once to start. So right. <laughs> that is not going to work. What's been the most surprising part of becoming an entrepreneur? Do you ever look back and, you know, you're like, you know what, I might need to just get me a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't look back. You know what? There was a point in there where I did go back to work. Okay. I hadn't been working for two years and I was doing the trading and my old employer called me, right? And they were like, Hey, do you need a job? We're looking to fill a position. I was like, Nope, I don't need a job. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we really need someone to fill this position. And we, you know, you were amazing. You're the only person we know that can like come in today and hit the ground running. And so I was like, look, I trade from home and they were like, bring your laptop. I wow. Was like, okay. I was like, well, you know, I've got all this that they were like, what time do you need to come in? Like you can, whatever your schedule you need it to be. So I was like, okay, this might actually work for me. So I went back to work for them for about a year and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I just, I saw that I was like, okay, this was a reminder that this isn't for me. Like I, even with all those, you know, new freedoms and flexibility, 
Yeah, even with that, it just wasn't because, you know, Trader 9 and 5 was starting to pick up. So I was still being there. And I'm the type of person like I go all in on one thing. My husband tells me, like, you've got tunnel vision. Like once you're on a project, like that's all you're you're focusing on. And I was torn because I couldn't give my all to Trader 95 when I'm giving a small piece of me to someone else's thing. And I couldn't do my all at their thing because I'm so focused on Trader 95. And I didn't want to be split. I didn't want to neglect either one of them. Like if I'm going to be at 95, I'm there and I'm giving you my everything. But if I'm building my thing, I want to be there and I want to give it my all. And so from that piece, I learned that I didn't want to work for somebody else. But more importantly, that if I give what I always gave to them, to my own thing, I there's no way I can fail, you know, because they came calling me back. <laughs> so I was like, if as long as I take and keep that perspective with everything that I do, there's no way I can fail. All right. I like that. And, you know, I can totally relate as well. I think that the hardest part about side hustling when you really, really pick it up is that you are torn and you feel this guilt for wanting to pursue your, you know, passion project, money maker business, and you shouldn't have to feel that way. However, you know, you you do have to make sure that you are covering your bills and paying your expenses, but that torn attention span really does take its toll after a while. Yeah. But like you said earlier, don't leap too early. Remember mm-hmm. like that not that full-time thing is funding your escape plan. So if I hadn't been, you know, kicked out of the nest, I would have hung in there for a few more years so that I had myself I, I I guess we were already set up financially, but I would have waited a little longer until things were in place until that that side hustle was where I thought it could be to sustain us. And then I would have taken the leap. So don't think, you know, don't, don't step out too early. Make sure you have your plan. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what I talked about in my, I quit episode. It's like, have your plan, work the plan, make sure you're making money. Yeah. (laughs) Keep working the plan, (laughs) then leap. Alrighty, so now we're going to transition into the lightning round. It's when I ask a series of five questions and you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? A resource that has helped me, I will say is mm, the Profit First book, because your finances are so important when it comes to um, building a business. And a lot of us don't uh, think to pay ourselves. And I love that the concept of Profit First and what they lay out in that book um, is about structuring your finances where you can start to pay yourself um, from the beginning. Number two, who is a black woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with for a day and why? Mm, Tiffany, the budgetista. She has built a brand and business that I absolutely love. So I would love to trade places with her to see what it takes to operate at that magnitude and uh, to maintain and, and to to be in the light the way that she is and still be so humble and so giving. And I just, you know, would love to learn um, what it would take for me to, to get my business to that level. Number three, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? I would say, and this 
probably a little quirky, but um, I have a habit of asking. <laughs> I don't even know if this is a habit, but asking people their names. Like when I'm even at the grocery store, it's, you know, one of the employees, I'm like, what's your name again? And I I make it a habit to use their name after I've learned it because I love to talk to people and I'm talking to you and I know your name and I'm taking that time to, to get to know you. And it's helped me in my business because, um, I take that time to remember things about people and their names and like maybe what their husband's name is or their wife's name. Um, and so when I talk to them again, I repeat that back or I say, you know, like, Oh, how's, you know, how's Julie, your, your wife or whatever. And that has had such an impact on my, my customers. Or I say, um, Oh, I remember that you wanted to, you know, get the freedom to to spend with your, your daughter. And then I'll say your name. And they're like, wow, I did say that because I care. I take that time to, to do, you know, those little things like that. And it really makes an impact on the people that follow me. Oh, I love it. Um, number four, what is a fun fact about you that people would never guess? Ooh, well, <laughs> I just shared it on my social, so they might be able to guess now, but I scrapbook and my husband says it's an old lady hobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is not an old lady hobby. All right. Number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck? pay off or eliminate as much debt as possible. We feel tied to that paycheck from our nine to fives because we have that debt that we we have to pay each month. So for me, what was freeing is like knowing that I had paid off as much as possible and I didn't have to bring in as much to maintain my, my living at the time. So when you can pay off um, and eliminate as much debt as possible, that fear of, of losing that steady paycheck isn't as, as heavy. Absolutely. And that is a terrific note to end on. So Tila, how can people connect with you after this episode? Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Tila Holcomb. You can also connect with me uh, on my website, tilaholcomb.com. All right. And I will link to all of those in the show notes, guys. Well, Tila, thank you so much for being in the guest chair. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the side hustle pro Facebook community. Go to side forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.